Wine with Cassie and Henry. Hello, welcome, welcome to, to the Butler's, Butler's podcast. podcast. Today we're going to look at um, another wine region. We've previously done Chablis and Burgundy. So today we thought we'd take a, a famous name and look at the ins and outs behind it. So we've picked Chateauneuf de Pape. Yes, and before we begin, we wanted to mention, obviously, that our thoughts are going out to everybody in Ukraine at the moment and everybody who's being affected by the ongoing war. Yes, indeed, well said. Um, We don't explicitly put stuff on our website, but it doesn't mean we aren't thinking about um, the situation. No, and we are. um, We're doing some fundraising activities and ongoing things like everybody else at the moment. Yeah, I think so it's a, a good thing to get involved with. Obviously, they need a lot of support and help at the moment, so we do everything we can. I think that worldwide, there's a, a good feeling amongst everyone in in terms of the support that people are showing and the humanitarian well, thoughts. You would hope so. That hopefully, um, it will become resolved at some point. But uh, well, soon, our thoughts are going out there. So. So, Chateauneuf Why? de Pap, Butler. Yes. Why is it so well known? We see it on every restaurant list and we often get asked for it, but people don't really know what it is, I don't think, other than that it's a very famous name that's been around for a long time. There's lots of questions in there, weren't there? <laughs> yeah. And, some and of I the answered answers. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my job is done here. I'll go make Why is it so well known? Because, as you said, it's been on lots of restaurant wine lists for a long time, um, alongside wines like Bordeaux, Chablis, Sancerre. Um, but it's, it's considered like a benchmark wine from France. It is, and it's, 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 it's a wine that's found in independent shops like ourselves, but also in supermarkets. So every point to market, you can find some Chateauneuf de Pap. And I think, you know, after decades of that, then it becomes sort of ingrained in people's minds. I think... Um, you never really know what people are going to ask for because we get all sorts of spellings and, and pronunciations <laughs> of Chateauneuf de Pap. Um, but I think a lot of people have had one and because it's normally about 15% massive, rich, and compared to other French wines, people probably think, whoa, what, what the hell is this? This is almost like a New World wine and are, are often impressed. And they've been making wine since the 1300s, I would suggest, has something to do with its popularity. <laughs> would you now? Yeah. Well, you'd think they'd get it right by now, wouldn't you? Well, exactly. You? It's, got a, it's got a long history yeah, behind but, it. And, and maybe even longer, but that's the recorded stuff, isn't it, from um, the 1300s? Yeah. And do you know why it's called... Well, what does Chateauneuf de Pape mean? I think, from memory, <laughs> it's the Pope's new castle. And why is, is it, it called that? Because um, something to do with the Roman Catholic Church moving into Avignon, maybe? In 1308, the Archbishop of Bordeaux moved to Avignon. Okay. In that region, in Chateauneuf de Pape area. So then they started to create wines there and they were known as Van de Pape. So they were wines of the Pope. And you see embossed on some Chateauneuf de Pape labels the papal hat which is the, we were looking at that Stanley Tucci programme last night and the lady was making little pasta shapes as yeah. a papal hat. I might get one. <laughs> I might get one. <laughs> just, just for, for where podcasts. to work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, it's important uh, as a wine region because in 1936, it was the first one to um, have recognised status under the Appalachian Control A system. So the Appalachian Control A words you see on French wine labels, 
people think it's there often to protect the consumer so um, that you know that the wine isn't fraudulent but in fact it was started out because there was lots of fraudulent Chateauneuf de Pape wines that were made outside of the region because it was popular even then um, so you've got wines sh sold with a Chateauneuf de Pape label that weren't from that region so sometimes not from France so the producers wanted protection so they set up the legal system. And where is Chateauneuf de Pape located? Well, that's another good question. I know. Eh? I'm coming thick and fast <laughs> today. It's in the Rhone For a Sunday, Valley. It's quite good. The Rhone Valley is splitting to two in, in wine terms, the north and the south. And it's the uh, in the south. It's a place in the south near sort of in between Avignon and Orange. Which <laughs> I will translate orange <laughs> it's in between the two and it's one of 19 crew areas and there are five communes are there there are there yes yeah. amazing yes. are we going to name them all no if you want well, i don't know how to pronounce them <laughs> but it's basically corazon exactly <laughs> the um the southern rhone is is You'll be familiar, you will be, and others, the, the words Cote de Rhone. So the basic wines that are coming out of that whole region are labelled as Cote de Rhone. And then some of the villages, which have consistently made um, considered better quality wines, are able to label their wine after the name of their village. Like such Rasto. as Yes, Rasto, mm. very good. Cairan, Vaccarat, Gigonda, ones like this. <laughs> and that's important because the Cote de Rhone might be £10, the Chateauneuf de Pape from the same producer would be twenty pounds, so they plus, could get plus fifty more like. They I'd can... say the Rasto is more like twenty. Are you talking over me again? This is you lasted Normal. quite a long time without. <laughs> so they, it's it's good um, as an investment, and villages are constantly being promoted. So it's it's not just something that's happened in the nineteen thirties. In recent times, villages have been promoted. So when... that leads into if you're buying a wine with the village name on. What are the grapes in it? Mm -hmm. So it's not easy, is it? Because they're not written on the back label. Exactly. They might be now, I don't know. But... but you do know what you're always getting. Once you know the rules, you know what you're going to get. Yes, so the, the, let's do the two halves of the Rhone because it's very easy to get one out of the way. Northern Rhone, Syrah. That's the one red grape variety. The white grape variety up there is Viognier. That's all you need to know for the northern part of the Rhone. Which we're but not we're talking about. We're in the south. <laughs> So what are the then. what are the grape varieties in Chateauneuf de Pape and Cote de Rhone and the villages? They used to be allowed to use thirteen different ones, but news update from Cassie Gould, you're saying nineteen. Nineteen. I think they used As up of to twenty but they weren't all permitted. But the main grape variety and it forms legally forms the lion's share of the blend is Grenache. So Grenache is the same as Garnacha that goes into Rioja. Grenache is grown all around the world, but it needs it needs warmth. And Southern Rhone is a warm part of France. It's quite a big, robust grape variety, which um, lends itself to the style of wine in Chateauneuf de Pape. Um, and then they blend other ones in there, depending on the house recipe, like Syrah, Mouvedre, these types of grape varieties that all do different things. But you know, if you're buying Chateauneuf de Pape, it's going to have a chunk of Grenache. So yes. if you like Grenache wines, you will like the wines from the Rhone region. Yes. the other Southern Rhone. Southern Rhone. The other interesting thing about Chateauneuf de Pape is when it first started, legally, um, they had to achieve a higher alcohol percentage as a bare minimum 
to be is that a legal minimum yeah 12 percent whereas everything else is about 11 i think in france so i mean we get customers coming in all the time saying they want a light red can they have a chateau neuf de pape or an amaroni yeah <laughs> that's what they actually like to drink oh how you laugh when they leave <laughs> what you're saying there is they've come in for a, a light wine but they actually like the flavors of a big powerful red yeah because i guess it has got more impact they're and opulent. work really well with food as well they're opulent and they're 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 very rich and their wines they are wines that can age for 10 20 years with no problem at all on the reds um and we'll talk about the whites in a second the thing not to do i would say is if you see one that's been reduced to like 10 pounds it will taste like it's been reduced to minus 50 pounds and there'll be a reason for it and it'll be pants. <laughs> and they, poorer examples, not just Chateauneuf, but in lots of wine regions, um, give the region a bad reputation and you wouldn't discount your wine if there wasn't something wrong with it, I would say, if, if it was poor quality. So I think some producers might stretch the yields which means it dilutes the juice, which may, means that you're ending up with a thin wine. And with Grenache, you can't do that because it needs lots of sun to ripen. The alcohol gets up quite quickly, but it, it, physiologically, it needs to be um, have a lot of good long summer weather to ripen properly and get the full flavours. Otherwise, you end up with a lot of alcohol and a thin wine, and that's very unpleasant to do. So you'd be better off if you if you have a smaller budget and you don't want to fork out thirty to fifty quid on a Chateauneuf, if you'd find a good producer of a Rhone Southern Rhone wine, and you'd be better off getting a Cote de Rhone or a Village Rhone. Yeah. So, for example, the 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 Nerth Chateauneuf Nerf de Pap N E R T H E That's the producer Nerf Nerf Gun. Is, um, That's not what they're called. Is considered to be one of the best ones. We have it in stock, but it is expensive. It's fifty pounds, isn't it? Maybe a bit more than that for the Chateauneuf de Pape. Yeah. But their red Cote de Rhone comes in under twenty or around the twenty mark. Yeah. Isn't it? But so, we've got like their Sumod, the organic producer, really good. Really good. Cote de Rhone is twelve-ish pounds. Yeah. Same great Rasto varieties. Is about eighteen. Same great varieties as a Chateauneuf, made in the same way just from a slightly different geographical region without the prestigious name. Um, so they, they represent bargains, yeah. And, and you, you're right, you should seek out better producers and have try, try their entry-level wines because they are skilled, they have good fruit, and their, their affordable wines will be good. So what about the whites? What about them? They do make white wine, they but they only grow, what, 7% of the... Grapes they grow there are white, so you don't see them very often, so they're much rarer. Yeah, so roughly, I think the production, in terms of bottles made, 95% is probably red, 5% is white, so super rare. Pink? I don't know, actually. I haven't you seen You can make pink. some pink. Can you? Mm-hmm. In the pink. So, but the whites are really interesting. They are, they, they would have great varieties like Marsan, Roussan. Grenache Blanc. Grenache Blanc. Claret. Yes. <laughs> Boobalonk. That's a good one, isn't it? I like a boobalonk. Um, a what? A boobalonk. They are quite tropical, opulent, sometimes quite fat. Mm, creamy. Yeah, richer style of wine. Again, they, can, they can age 10 years. Very much food wines. So the terrain... We've only got one in stock, I think, at the moment. Have we? One white. 
if if you like picture picturing the terrain that that is quite near to Provence. So you when you walk through like lavender fields in Provence or or on that sort of garrigue, you've got lots of herbs growing, lots of aromas. There was there's a law something to do with Chateauneuf to Pap as well where they had to plant they could only plant on land that was arid enough to grow lavender in thyme. Oh, that's good interesting. Fact. Yeah, yeah. We don't know if it's true or it not, is. but it's a good fact. <laughs> but that that sort of leads into the food. So if you had a lot of charred veg, um, sort of quite robust, meaty flavors, rich flavors, go go well with the with the whites and the reds. I'd say nice wines. Yeah. Um, and I was I was thinking earlier about the Bonnie Dune wines in California. Yeah. That are based or they're sort of. They're based around the Chateauneuf de Pat blends, aren't they? But they're it's like the Rhone Rangers in California who are making Rhone style wines, but in America. Yeah. And Bonnie Doon have their um, wine called Cigar Volant. Yes. Which is to do with UFOs um, in Chateauneuf de Pap. So I thought it was an interesting story around that. <laughs> yes, well, they, something was spotted in the 1950s. In 1954, there was a local story claimed that there were flying cigars or UFOs. Um, spotted above Chateauneuf de Pap, and the aliens were interested in stealing all the wine. I think a, an alien <laughs> riding a flying cigar is super interesting. I, I think, think maybe cool. they'd had a bit too much to drink the when Chateauneuf. they spotted these. So the local politicians sensed an opportunity to promote the wines from the region, I think, um, and then created a law which still remains in effect today. Um, where um, UFOs are not allowed to land in the territory of Chateauneuf de Pap. That's no fun, is it? Well, we should have open I don't arms. know how they know. I don't know how they've told the aliens they're not allowed. <laughs> but anyway, Bonnie Dune and other people have created wines um, around that. So the cigar volant means flying cigars from Bonnie Dune. Another good story from you. I know. You're on fire today, aren't you? <laughs> this, this is the only information I retain. It's so what's stories. the what's the the go away facts or the, the, the tips with Chateauneuf that if you're an alien away. you can't land in Chateauneuf de Pat <laughs> you have to get a friend to come across the border to buy it for you <laughs> and then hop back on your flying cigar the wines are really Big good Kiba. but you're better off <laughs> buying a good producer Rhone uh, blend wine like a Cote de Rhone than a Chateauneuf de Pat from a bad producer if in doubt go to an independent merchant or someone you can talk to about the producers Yes, get get get, get some, some advice. Some advice is especially if you're handing over quite a bit of money, and yeah, you important want it to, to you want it to taste good. Yeah, to to describe what you're after, and then people will be able to advise you. Don't cut corners. That's a that's a good rule in life, anyway. I think have less, but have better. Mm, How do yes. you like that? I'm not sure that you stick to that. Have <laughs> have better more better and more. <laughs> have everything. <laughs> So there, there we have it. Um, any questions, please write in to somewhere and we'll ignore them. Um, and we'll come back with another They'll podcast me. soon. Yay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you got all that. Doodle pip.